Well, this has uh, been a, a while since I've been had the privilege to do this, and uh, it was, uh, you know, we just uh, came off a, a, an amazing weekend. Uh, Nita uh, celebrated her 45th graduation this weekend, and I know many of you are confused by that since she's turning 29 this Thursday. <laughs> How's that for love, honey? Since And it's very important that I start with that because that's what the Lord laid on my heart this morning is about, you know, God's love. But, you know, we did have an amazing weekend. And, it was, you know, I was struck by all the hard work that this committee did. You know, you know I, I love my class. I love my classmates. I love my class reunions. But quite frankly, I had a class of 30. And uh, so when we have our class reunion, you know, we might get... 14 classmates there and their spouses, so it's a relatively small group. And, you know, you get together from all walks of life and you come back together and things that you had so many things in common with kids in high school, all of a sudden, you know, 45 years later, your lives are separated and apart. You still enjoy getting together, but a lot of times your commonalities aren't the same. So, you know, hour after your conversation, you know, you're all caught up. But in Nieder's class, she was about 226, and I think over the weekend uh, we had, at the gatherings, there were probably 150, 60, how many? Not close. Okay. But a bunch of people anyway. And here you've got this organization, they had a Friday night event, and they had a, a uh, Saturday morning event in, in Saturday afternoon event, and then Saturday night event. Well, anyway, to make a long story short, you know, a lot of preparation goes in into this. And, you know, what? as I prepared uh, for this message, you know, I started pondering this uh, probably a week and a half ago. And, and, you know, I was one of these guys that, you know, Lord laid this message, but, you know, term paper, you know, it's not due till tomorrow, so I, I can work at least, you know, the night before. And I'm thinking, well, this weekend now, in between times, there will be lots of time to kind of get this all solidified in my mind. So, uh, But we had a really busy weekend, so I'm going to really rely on the Holy Spirit today to help me through this message. But um, I think it is a very, very important message. Uh, and, you know, you always wonder, too, when, when you start these things and God's stirring in your heart, well, is this what you really want me to speak, Lord? And, and the, really what He wants to do, what came to me, the title of my message is, How Strong is God's Love in Your Life? You know, we, we throw the terminology, love, 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 all you need is love. The old Beatles song for those of you who have a little gray hair and remember that. But what really is love? And how strong is love in your life? And what does it all really mean? This is what kept on stirring in my heart and, and as I was preparing for this message and pondering on this. And, you know, you know, have you ever wondered how strong God's love is in your life? And really, how big God's love is? I mean, what does it really mean? I mean, we throw love around in today's society pretty pretty casually. You know, it's, you know I mean, everything you read, everything you see, and, and I remember Brian and Mindy teaching on, you know, the Love and Respect series, you know, where... You know, they, psychologists have shown and Christian authors have shown that, you know, what, what uh, women need is love. What men desire is respect. 
and that's kind of how we get we function together. But it was really interesting. One of my favorite uh, oh, evangelical leaders, preachers, evangelists today is uh, John Hagee. And so as I was pondering this message and wondering if I was on the right track, he always puts out a daily devotion. So i got to read that to you this morning because this is what came in my email box this morning in the Daily Truth. And uh, it starts out with the Scripture, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm just going to go ahead and read this to you if you mind. don't mind. Just bear with me. Uh, Jesus loves you so much, He gave His life to redeem you from the gutters of sin. What is love? Love is not the same as emotion. Love begins with an act of your will, but young people come into my office for counseling before marriage, and they'll sing, say things like, I am so in love. When I see him, I can't catch my breath, and my face turns red. John Hagee, being the captain of sarcasm, says, that's not love, that's asthma, I tell him. <laughs> Why do we confuse emotion with love? Hollywood helps sell that idea. Even worse, when Hollywood tries to talk about God's love, somebody up there likes me, you'll hear them say in movies. Let's get something straight. Nobody up there likes you. No one in heaven, not God the Father, not Jesus Christ, not the Holy Spirit. Nobody in heaven likes you. You like your car, you like your dog, you like your golf clubs. Sometimes, Mike, sometimes we don't. But God doesn't like you. He loves you. God doesn't like you. He loves you. God does not love you because you deserve it. He does not love you because you're, you've earned it. God loves you because God is love. Love is His nature, and He cannot restrain Himself from loving you. It is the very nature of God to love the unlovable. He loved you when you were unlovable. He loved When you were covered with the stench of sin, His heart was broken for you. In your despicable condition, God loved you so much that He sent His only Son to die for you. Even if no one on the face of this earth loves you, rejoice and be glad because God loves you. I don't really think I have to go any farther. I mean, that could be the end of the message today. But you're not that lucky, so I'm going to keep on going. But, but you know, isn't, isn't that that's the truth? I mean, God, you know, He doesn't like us. He loves us, and it's, it's with a powerful love. Well, before I go any further, I'd just like to open with a prayer and, and submit this to Him. Heavenly Father, I just pray, Lord God, uh, that your Holy Spirit does truly work through the message today, Heavenly Father, that it meets the, uh, the needs of the hearts and the minds of this body of believers. And Father, I just, uh, I just lift up you, Lord, in this. And Father, uh, we give all praise, all glory, and all honor to you. In Jesus' name. Well, as I started out, one of the things I was really struck about was the... Uh, the work that went into that class reunion this weekend. I mean, you know, it was great. Uh, you know, we were able to go and we were just able to enjoy it. And I know that, uh, if Mita doesn't mind sharing, you know, there she was questioning some of the events. Well, do I really want to participate? Do I not want to participate? And at the end, you know, she made the decision to participate in everything. 
And I think she didn't regret any one of those things that she participated in, and it was a, a real blast. And I was thinking to myself, I said, you know, if I was on that committee and I did all this work, all this organizing, and nobody showed up, how terrible would that be? How terrible would that be? I mean, these people had to work their tails off. And then I got thinking about this morning, watch, watching the worship team. I got thinking about how much work it was to prepare this message this week and wondering about, uh, you know, are, are we on the right track? And I got thinking about all the other things that are going on, mustard seed kids, the Sunday school classes, all these different things that all the servants behind the scenes take part of and do every day. And, and what a demonstration of God's love, because that's what God's love really is. It's, it's really serving one another, and I am so far off my notes here. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, isn't, isn't that the truth? I mean, you see this, and, and you know, you just think about, uh, Mike was telling me about, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'm, believe me, I'm preaching to myself on this one, but tell me about pre-service prayer this morning. It was uh, Mike and Connie Skog at pre-service prayer, praying for, for all the rest of us. And there was no reason I couldn't have gotten out up one er, hour earlier and come to pre-service prayer. You know, if we really truly believe prayer is important, and prayer is one of those things that builds the body and, and sustains us and answers us, and we have difficulties and we've got trials and we've got tribulations, we know that prayer is a very basic foundation. Should we not love one another enough? You know, we should all be there. And, and believe me, I haven't been to a pre-service prayer for, do you have that marked down, Mike, anywhere? Yes, Thank you. <laughs> Nervous up here. So, but, but you know, it's, it's that serving, that serving, that, you know, is really true, truly an act. So, well, what is love? You know, what is, I mean, I think that's the first question that we really have to understand. What, what truly is love? You know, is it just this emotion and, uh, and we fall in love? And, and, but, you know, really love is, is much deeper than that. And there's a difference between the, wor the way the world loves and the way that God loves. There's a real deep commitment to us, the way God loves us. Uh, so I'd like just to read uh, uh, John, 1 John 4, 7, 8. Beloved, let us love one another for God, the love of God and everyone who is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this love of God was manifested toward us that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we may live through Him. Ultimate sacrifice and service. Can you imagine sending one of your children to... Uh, be a sacrifice to all the rest of the world that is steeped in sin and undeserving and not worthy and etc etc etc. I mean that gives us the the real first picture of God's love. Yet while we are in our sin, He sent His Son to do what to die on our behalf. I mean ultimate uh, sin. I mean the ultimate uh, service of of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7. Uh, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. 
It does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. Is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. You know, when you really think about uh, love and what it truly, truly means, and I mean, this is why I think we have to spend so much time pondering on it, because I think in our society, I think we would all recognize and, and realize that, you know, everyday advertising, uh, things in the media, things how we sell product, uh, how we're trained, it's all about self. Self-satisfaction, you know? I deserve this. Uh, I want this. I should have this. It's not fair that I don't have this. Uh, you know, this is, I mean, if you look at how we, uh, how love of the world really is. It's, it's all self-fulfilling, it's self-gratification. It's not concerned about our, our brothers, our sisters, our wives, our husbands, our parents, etc. It's more about a self-serving love to ourselves. And, and is there any wonder we have so many issues and so many problems in this world because everybody's self, you know, seeking self-satisfaction. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that you know, there's a part of us that surely we have to be satisfied. We have to be happy. We have to, but, but I think the difference is, is that the godly love, if we truly are submitted and seeking God first, then those things that are manifested in us will be serving one another and we'll, we'll, we'll find our happiness, our joy, our peace and all those things in that, uh, in those things. So the next question I really have is, you know, uh, or I want to emphasize one more thing. But, but love rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things and endures all things. Love is a real positive thing and, and serving one another. And, and how strong is God's love? What, how strong is God's love in us? And, and what does the Word say about the strength of His love? Well, in the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6 and 7, uh, set me a seal upon your heart as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death. Many waters cannot quench love, nor floods uh, drown it out. First John 3, 1 through 3, Behold, what manner, in other words, how great is the love of the Father has bestowed, of, bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has been yet revealed what we shall be. But know that when He is revealed we'll be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Amazing. I have always been amazed by this. That God loves us so much that not only are we not slaves to sin anymore, not only are we not just servants of the Most High God, imagine that he calls us children. 
Imagine that. I mean, and you know, I see I'm watching parents with children on their laps, etc., and you know how much you love those children. And, and to think that God loved us so much more is just a, a powerful thought about how strong God's love is for us and that He set us free. We are no longer captives. We are no longer servants. We are children. And that should give you real peace and real hope whenever you're in the uh, trials and tribulations of life because we know trials and tribulations will come, right? First James counted all joy. doesn't mean it's joyful for various trials and tribulations because it will bring perseverance and perseverance will bring perfection of faith. As we uh, submit ourselves to God's love and, and He is able to deliver us from these things because you know if your children uh, were in, in a mess, in a life and death situation, it would not make any difference what it would take. You would do everything within your power to deliver those children from whatever they're in. And God loves us so much more. Romans eight thirty seven through 39, nothing can separate us. In all things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor neither angels or demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, is His Word true or is it not? Do you believe that or do you not? I mean, you have to believe. You have to believe. And that, to me, I mean, is the ultimate power of God's love. It doesn't make any difference what comes along in our life. God, nothing can separate us from His love. Now, if we don't understand God's love, maybe we can separate from Him in our heart a little bit, stray off the path. I don't know if that's theologically correct, but I think the thing of it is, if we're not drawing nigh unto Him, resisting the devil, the devil won't flee, because the Word says, draw nigh unto Him, resist the devil, the devil must flee. So if we're in problems, the point is, draw closer to God. Love God more. Dig in deep. Study His Word. Pray. Put a plug in for pre-service prayer, Pastor. But, you know, it's, it's really true, and it's really, uh, you know, it's real serious. So I don't see that there's anything uh, that strong or stronger. And, and I, I think about this in terms of, uh, and, and we in the United States, we don't really understand the kingdom. But, I, you know, I've read about, you know, kingdoms and kings. And when you come into the presence of an earthly king, uh, you know, you best be crossing your T's and dotting your I's and, even if you get the chance to, you know, go before. I mean, uh, I don't think about Esther, how nervous she was to go before the king because if, uh, you know, even though she was his wife, she come in the wrong way, it lights out. It, it's a totally different thing. But here, the, the God of the universe calls his children, you know, he allows us to come in. We abide with Him. He abides in us, etc. So if you really study God's Word and you really understand His, his uh, love, you've got to know that it's extremely strong. 
So why, why is God's love so important to understand? Do you remember what the, the greatest commandment was? In Matthew 22, Jesus was uh, uh, interacting with some Pharisees or some Sadducees. I don't remember which. But they asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment? Matthew 22, 37 through 40. You shall love the Lord with all, with all, not part of your heart. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And Mark adds, with all your strength. So with all, not part, your heart, which is your control center, your self-conscious life, your soul, and your bodily strength as well. Every part of our being, we shall love the Lord our God with, all, with everything that we are. But it was really interesting. So that they asked him, what was the greatest commandment? And this next part, I think, is the heart of the matter that I really want to bring out because it has everything to do with our relationships with one another. And, and Jesus said... And this is the first and greatest commandment. Oh, and by the way, a commandment is not an option. He, it's, it's not an option. He didn't say, well, you maybe here's an option for you. You can maybe love, you can maybe not love. No, he commanded. We're supposed to, we're supposed to love in all we, all we have. And, the, and Jesus said, and the second commandment, cannot separate it from the first, is like, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. I mean, that was, that was really revealing uh, to me as I pondered upon this. And I, I think this is really important to ponder God's Word and, and really try to have the Holy Spirit reveal to you what it is. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's pretty amazing that Jesus would tie that right in with the greatest commandment, isn't it? I mean, right behind loving God with your whole being is to love your neighbor as yourself. So, as you love your neighbor as yourself, that doesn't sound very self-serving, does it? It sounds like we ought to be serving one another. We should be serving our parents. We should be serving our spouses. We should be serving our children. The children should be serving their parents. Uh, we should be serving our co-workers. We should be serving our fellow members of the body. Just think if we took that attitude in every relationship that we came into, that we were truly going to love each other as Christ loved the church, or we're going to love each other as we love ourselves. You know, the love that a person has naturally for himself is not to focus solely on himself, a consistent tendency, but it should be equally directed to others. Question, if we pursued the attitude in our relationships and all those things I just said as I'm off my notes, <laughs> what, would, what would our relationships be? What would this church be? What would our businesses be? What would our schools be? What would our marriages be? What would our relationships be if we weren't just constantly seeking self-gratification, self-fulfillment? On these two commandments hang all the laws and the, uh, and the prophets. 
This was the debate, the debate of the day Jesus, in Jesus' time. Jesus summed, summarized basically that the Old Testament develops and amplifies these two points. Love for God and love for others made in God's image. No other commandment is greater than these two because the wholehearted love of God and, the one, uh, and one's love for his neighbor is the substance, substance of the law and the prophets. If we fulfill these two commandments, we fulfill all others. And, and I think that's the thing. The point here is, why were these two the greatest? Because if we fulfill these two, we fulfill all others. If we walk in this type of God's love, everything would be fulfilled. Can you imagine the relationships and the heartaches and all these things that would be taken, taken care of? And I'm not saying that this is necessarily an easy task, especially when you're, you're, you're in a relationship where uh, you've been wronged or this or that. You know, I mean, there, I mean, there are things that happen, but that's still, as a believer, no excuse, is it? Because if, if we seek to repay, I think it's Romans 17, 17, says, never pay, do, do not repay evil for evil. But if, as we have believers, if we've been wronged, and we say, well, that wasn't right. I'm going to act the same way, or I'm going to get back at that person. What's the chance of ever restoring that relationship with that person? All of a sudden, you're, you know, you're going to be right where Satan wants you, beating each other up, causing roots of bitterness, hardening of hearts, hardening of relationships, no restoration. You're just going to get into a big argument, a big fight, and a big mess. And, and there's no restoration. But if you're truly walking with the Lord, I believe what these two commandments are saying to us is that we're to love one another, we're to love God, we're to seek Him, and, and through that, there's restoration. And, and, the, and the manifestations, what are, what are the benefits of all this? Well, John 3.16, we know that God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will have eternal life. Now, what if, what if God took the same attitude that many of us do, and I'm not excluding believers, I'm not excluding myself, I'm probably preaching more to myself this morning than anybody, is that, you know, um, here I am a sinner. I have not followed God's commandments. I don't pray. I don't read His Word. I don't... Uh, uh, you know, I get into relationships. I don't, you know, God's reflection of His love isn't through me. I'm selfish. Uh, I want to do my own thing. Uh, I'm argumentative. I'm all these things. And what if God said, you know what? <laughs> you're not worth going to the cross for. You know, you're not, you're just, you're not worthy. You know, I'm not going to sacrifice for you. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lay myself out for you. Why should I do that? You don't care for me. I, it's all about me after all. That's not, what, that's not the love of God. No, the love of God is just like John Hagee said, while we're in the stench of our sin, He sent His only begotten Son to die for us. Wow. And I mean, now you're talking about the God of the universe sitting up on a heavenly throne he doesn't need us. He doesn't need us. He wants us. Isn't that humbling? Isn't that an amazing thing to ponder? 
It's an amazing thing to ponder His love for us. I mean, how can He do this? Yet, we sitting in the church, and then don't be offended because I'm, like I say, neither's going to be over here, amen, 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 because she knows me better than anybody else. She knows all my weaknesses and all my deficiencies. But, you know, I, I, I take comfort in the fact that the God of heaven loves me and that I can, uh, Brother John, wow, sorry, one of my very best brothers and friends is here in the crowd today. You came a long ways today. You're, checking, you're just checking me out, making sure my message is correct, right? Uh, but, you know, God is, uh, when you think about this, is this not amazing to ponder? The love that He has for us? And how much love do we have for one another? In Exodus, let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for men. He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. That's another one of His promises. His unfailing love, His wonderful deeds for men. He satisfies the thirsty, He fills the hungry with good things. If we're walking Christ-like, should we not be pursuing those things with each other? So, uh, these are, I mean, some of the, some of the benefits, and I, I, I was going to start, but I think I'm going to reverse this. I actually, uh, there is an opposite to all of God's love, right? After all, there is an enemy, and his name is Satan. John 10.10, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Christ came to give us life and give it to us abundantly. Jesus wants us to have an abundant, love-fulfilled life, joy, peace, patience. But Satan, on the other hand, if you submit yourself to Satan and chase after the things of the world, self-satisfaction. In Galatians 5.19, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, rivalry, and the like. That's what you get when you fall out of the pursuit of God's love and, and pursue the love of Satan. And I'm going to say that, you know, because those things, I mean, if we love things of the flesh, things of Satan, that's going to be the manifestations. You know, and I think Deuteronomy says, you know, 25, I believe, choose light, life, or choose darkness, death. But God gives us in Galatians 5.22, freedom, confidence, joy. And I, I put freedom and confidence in there but you because know, it's love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Freedom and confidence comes as you pursue God. I mean, He sets us free. When we're full of His joy, and we're full, of, and we know that he, we're serving the God of heaven, and He's got our back, 
And no matter what comes along, no matter what trial, no matter what tribulation, no matter what things going on in our life, you know what? We can weather the storm because we can persevere. Because he know, we know that He's going to deliver us out of those things. Now, our life may look different, but the peace, really the, the, the whole manifestation of God's love is peace in our heart and our mind. It's not whether we got a new boat or a new car or new whatever. It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That's the fulfillment of His love in our life. So I really think no matter what you're into, no matter what trial or tribulation, and I realize that you know many of you are suffering and many of you are into situations and you know it, it's tough. And I'm sitting up here telling you about the love of God and you're going, oh man, I am struggling. But I can tell you because God's Word is true that if you pursue God's love, He will see you through this. Now it may not be your storybook dream. It may not be everything, but you know, what choice do you have but to trust in Him and to trust the fact that He's going to bring you through this? And if you're in a bad relationship, love that other person anyway. If you're having trouble with a co-worker, love them anyway because I believe that's what you're commanded to do by the Word of God is to love one another as you love yourself. No matter what or how they're treating you. Because I think if you do it otherwise, you're, you're, you're playing right into the devil's hands himself because that's what's going to cause dissensions, strife, bitterness, anger, etc. And let's be realistic. If you get into those things, there's no way you can function in God's love. If you're all wrapped up with bitterness, if you're all wrapped up with anger and hatred and sin, there is no way you're going to operate in God's love. And, there's, and rather than you getting out of the situation that you're in, you're going to spiral deeper into a, a, a miserable life. And that's not where God wants you to be because He wants you to be manifesting joy, peace, patience, comfort. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. How many of you, you know, I grew up in the Methodist church. That's how we always ended service. You know, the preacher would raise his hands and say, may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding be upon you and remain with you always. Now, how can you have a peace that goes beyond your understanding? You can have it through God's love. That's how you can have it. So, I think it's really up to us who we choose, who we want to model our life after. You want to pursue darkness, you want to pursue the love of God, and don't forget the second commandment, pursuing the love of one another. And, and that, uh, you know, and I think so much of this, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing when I, you, you, you know, you have the opportunity to preach because it really does cause you to ponder upon words. And I think that's what God is really had me pondering on this last week of, uh, week and a half. It's not only pondering upon the, the, uh, the love of God and the love that He has for us, but hey, what about that second commandment? Because I see every day there are so many broken people out there. I just am so grateful that Nita's got the love of God in her heart because she has got to... She, I, I deserve a lot of... I mean, I don't deserve. I require... 
a lot of forgiveness, a lot of patience, a lot of uh, long-suffering, and she's done that now for 29 years? No, a little bit more than that. But uh, so anyway, uh, that's what I have. Should we pray? Heavenly Father, I, I just uh, thank you, Lord, this morning for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for every person here, Lord God. I thank you for your commandments that command us to uh, love you with all our heart, mind, and soul. And Lord, your com second commandment that tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Father, help us in that. Help us to manifest who we are in, uh, in Christ, Heavenly Father. That we, we truly walk in God's love and that you bring a new understanding of that, Heavenly Father, in our lives. How we interact with each other, how we interact with our uh, co-workers, our co-believers, our, uh, our children, our parents, our spouses, Heavenly Father. Lord, give us this overwhelming compassion of love that would manifest in our whole being, Lord God, that as uh, we are we just pray that you rebuke the devourer, Lord God. Lord, when the, when the flesh tries to rise up, Lord, and we, when, in these inner reactions, Heavenly Father, that the love of God would be more powerful and that whoever we're interacting with would truly see the love of Christ in our heart, in our soul, in our whole being, Lord God. Father, I just pray a blessing upon each and every uh, one today. We pray for those that can't be with us, Lord. And Father, as always, we'll be careful, Lord God, to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the one, uh, honor for all the wonderful things that you have done in our lives, Lord God. To you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful day, a week. <laughs>